I do want to start by reading uh, a passage out of John 12. We've moved into transformation. And, and the sermon in the simplest forms, oh, by the way, if you're doing sound back there, I'm very S-y, very heavy on the S's. Not your fault, that's just the way God made my mouth. Um, so the sermon in its simplest form is, uh, and now you're just gonna hear it the whole time. The sermon in its simplest form is uh, hearing God and obeying. That would really be it. If it was like, if you did the sermon in 10 seconds, it'd be like, please, hear the Lord and obey him. That's, that would be it. And I could just say it over and over. I said it to, in the office this morning, and Tanya and Carly, who you know, help oversee the children's ministry, they're like, that's what, literally what we did last week. Like, that's the message we shared last week. And I was like, it's good, because it feels so simple. Um, but we're gonna read this passage. Jesus says, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven, then, then came a voice from heaven, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. And we'll stop there. Um, because he goes into something else. But what I wanna point out is that uh, Jesus says something, so it's, it's the voice of God, right? And then the audible voice of God comes down and says, I will glorify it, or I have glorified it, and I'll glorify it again. So you have Jesus, who is God, talking audibly, then you have the audible voice of God coming down, and then some people hear thunder. Some people hear an angel speaking. They're like, an angel spoke. And then Jesus says, uh, almost to their, he just says, this voice came for your sake, not mine. So a voice is coming from God speaking very clearly and it's like two-thirds of the people don't even understand it. And Jesus was like, well, that wasn't for me. Jesus wasn't doing, he's like, that wasn't for me, that was for you. I was speaking clearly to you and you couldn't understand what I was saying. And so the, we're talking about like hearing God and obeying God and I feel like, there are so many reasons why people don't hear God. Like I grew up not knowing you could hear God, like outside of scripture, like I didn't know God could be like, hey, you should go talk to that person. Like I didn't know that that was a thing. So some people I think just don't know that God speaks today. Some people teach against it. Some people don't hear because they're very cluttered. Like they have a lot of distractions going on or you're getting it through a filter. Like you wake up and I don't, whatever political party, you wake up and watch news for an hour every morning, and then you're like, okay, and then you take that into your reading of the word, right? Or like you listen to people talk at work all day, and then you're like, yeah, 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 and then you like, or you just, like you never read the Bible on your own, you just get it from church, and it's like, you should be in there. So what you're getting is always through a filter. Or, like I think some people are just choosing to be ignorant. Um, like, and you're gonna be like, not me, I don't, I don't do that, but, um, <laughs> Like, I, I could only picture, like, when I was a kid, when I would go swimming, and your parents, like, you're, you're picking up the cues that it's, like, time to go, and then you just keep going underwater. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I've done that a lot, and you're like, if I don't hear them, if I'm like, oh, sorry, I was like, <laughs> if I don't hear them, then I'm not responsible to, like, get out of the water. And so I feel like there's some of that where we're like, 
God, like he'll bring up something and be like, I'd really like to, to address this issue in your heart. Maybe it's something you did or maybe it's like wounding, right? And like every time it comes up, you, you start feeling like, and he's like, I'd like to address that. And you're like, nope. Like, and you just like immediately go into something else because it's painful and you don't wanna talk about it. But I think maybe, maybe the, the most common is that people do hear his voice clearly and just don't wanna do what he says. Like uh, even thinking back to the garden with Adam and Eve, the Satan comes you know, in the form of the snake and says to Eve when she's alone, did God really say that you couldn't eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? And she said, no, he just said we couldn't eat this one tree or else we would die. And then Satan said, well, that's not true. You're not gonna die. But the issue wasn't that she was like, I don't know. That's the thing is he was talking and I just, God was telling us something about trees and, but it was like rustly and I just didn't know what he was saying so I don't know, I feel like maybe he said that, you know, it wasn't, that wasn't the issue. The issue was that she knew exactly what he said, didn't believe him, and chose, chose what she wanted. She was like, well, I would like, I'd like to become that. Uh, I'd like to become like God, and she didn't. She did the opposite. Um, and so I feel like this is maybe the most common thing, and I feel like there's like a, um, a misunderstanding that people are like, well, if I could just hear God like the way they did in the Bible, then I would just, or if I could hear God like this person hears God, I would just be like totally on fire. Like I would just do exactly like, I'd always be rejoicing in his will. But the reality is like when you look through scripture, it is just full of people, I think very clearly hearing the Lord and then being like, I don't, I don't want that. And like Jonah, right? So Jonah, God says, Jonah, it's like, a, it, and again, it's not like a, do you think the Lord might be calling me to Nineveh? It's like, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah says, I'm getting on, literally gonna buy a ticket for a boat and literally go the other way. He's like, he didn't even just, he didn't even just stay where he was. He went the other way. Ugh. And then you have Moses. He's like, Moses, I'd like you to be like my voice. I'd like you to go and talk to Pharaoh. And Moses is like, I'm not very good at that. I don't wanna do that. And it actually frustrates God. And that's him choosing Aaron. That wasn't like the original plan to be, like for Aaron to be part of it. And then you have the promise. There's, there's probably hundreds more examples than I'm gonna give, but you have him talking to the Israelites and saying, all right, go and take the promised land. They don't. <laughs> like that is, it's great that we're all laughing, but it's so, it is, I, we're laughing for some reason, I don't know. It, but it's just ridiculous. He's like, hey, go take this really good thing, right? Sometimes it's just really good things where it's like, go and take this really good thing. There's like a whole place that's just for you and I want you to have all the blessings of it and they'd still be like, no. And they just don't do it. Um, Ezekiel, like there's different prophets. Anybody who got the privilege of being called a prophet in the Old Testament, it's like, great, you're a friend of the Lord and he tells you things that he, that before he tells anybody else and then most of them were rejected their entire lives. And the Lord would say, like, I'm gonna send you to them, but they're rebellious people. They're stubborn, they're obstinate. They're like probably not gonna respond to what you're saying. Jonah's problem was that he knew they, were, they did respond and he was still upset about it. Um, or like, you know, it'd be like, oh, it'd be so fun to be a prophet. And then like Isaiah, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, it's in the Bible. Isaiah, there's times where God, God tells him, I want you to make a cake out of your own feces and then you're gonna eat it. 
This is, I'm not joking, it's there, right? He says, and, and, I, and Isaiah says, I would, please, God, I would never do that. <laughs> and then he says, how about cow dung instead? And then he does this thing, and he's like, you're gonna do this to deliver a word this way. And then he also has Isaiah um, walk around naked for three years. Okay, you can just Google this, or just a little later, right? He does this, and it's all for a reason. He's like, as a sign, like, so, when you just say, like, I had a dream last night, and you get up and give a word, that is a lot better than God saying, here, I want you to strip down for three years, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, for three years, and it's gonna be a sign, so that you can be like, in the same way that I did this for three years, like, and then the message comes. And Isaiah, but Isaiah didn't, I mean, there's no indication that he fought back. It's just like, sometimes hearing the Lord is like, here, take a beautiful thing. Take this promised land. Sometimes it's like, you know, he calls Paul and says, you're gonna suffer so much for me. But Paul, Paul goes right along with it. Um, Jesus gets his own section, like his own list over and over and over of things where Jesus says, I want you to sell everything you have. Like the guy's like, what do I have to do? And Jesus says, you just have to sell everything and follow me. And the guy's like, uh, and he, you know. Or he says, why don't, he's like, I want you to come and follow me and be a preacher of the gospel. And they're like, well, I have to bury my dad. Or I need to go back, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus just says, no, let the dead bury the dead. I want you to follow me. And it feels like, or he says something hard like, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Like, I feel like he could preach that to our faces every day and we'd still need to hear it. Like, there are people who actually are gonna hate you and are your enemy. Pray for them and love them and bless them. And we just justify being like, no, <laughs> no. Like, I feel like that's the easiest thing. The easiest response is God saying, do this, and we just say, no. Because very rarely does he make us do the thing he wants us to do. And it just happens over and over and over and over. The simplest one is Jesus, or maybe the most continuous one is God throughout the Old Testament saying, repent, come to me, let me be your father. And then they go and build an idol and worship it. And then sometimes they like actually, no one even knows what the word of the Lord says because it's been hidden for hundreds of years. Because they're just like, no, put it away. And then Jesus comes and he says, follow me, follow me, follow me. And they just crucify him. And they, to the point like of death, right? Like, no, we will not follow you. Um, Hebrews 3.15 says, do we have that one? Hebrews 3.15, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. This is like my main encouragement this morning is to say today, like today, when you hear God's voice, just don't harden your heart. Like just, and the reason we're talking about this in regards to transformation is because I feel like maybe one of the most important things in regards to transformation is you hear him, you value what he says, and then you yield. And you're like, I wanna do that, I wanna partner with you. It doesn't do any benefit like, you know, if, if we're in the office with Paul all week and he's like, guys, this is what, this is what I value. This is what I'd like us to do this week. This is what the direction I'd like us to go as a church culture. And we're like, man, it's so good to know what Paul thinks and then never do it. Like, I know it, it, it's simple, but it's like, if we're just like, 
well, who cares what Paul says? I mean, you know, like, great. And you don't, are you like, did you not, in coming here, do you not submit to his authority? Not, I'm not talking to like each person, but I'm like, as a staff, like, are you, did you think that you would come here and like take over? And so it sounds really simple, like in a workplace to be like, if your boss was continuing like, here's what we're going for guys. And you're like, I don't care. I'm not gonna do it. Um, so in its simplest form, that's the message this morning is being like, don't harden your heart. Just hear what he says and obey. Um, I'm gonna share just a little bit of Trista and I's story. Um, I think, well, I know I'm still new. We're still new to a lot of you. And I'm not gonna share our whole story, but um, we got baptized in the spirit. We've both been saved since we were six. We're 36 now. Um, we've been Christians for a long time. Uh, but it wasn't until 2011 that we got baptized in the spirit and sort of like had this reawakening in our faith. Like it wasn't, we did not believe, it was just became very vibrant within us. And, uh, and then started growing in the gifts and growing in the gift of prophecy. And I remember times that I would even ask the Lord, like, please, I wanna see more healing. I wanna see more healing. And he would say, okay, then give yourself to the prophetic. And I'd be like, that is not what I'm, like I'd just be like, no, I want, you know, the healing. Um, and then maybe around 2017, it went from like prophecy to getting these weird things where I'd be like, wait, what's a prophet? What are prophets? Are those real? Like I didn't grow up in a church that even acknowledged that apostles and prophets were real. Like we had pastors and evangelists and teachers. Um, I would say up until a few years ago, saying the word prophet still felt like saying like wizard or you know, you're like, you're like, like it's not a real word. Like we don't have those. I remember going to a church and they had senior prophet is parking. Uh, and I was like, is that, what? <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Um, and so when I started having things, like these feelings of, um, well, some of it was being called out by other people being like, I think you might be a prophet. And I would start feeling like these things and being like, I was scared to talk about that just with anybody because I was like, I don't wanna be presumptuous. Like I know like, I don't want to try to like put myself in a position of prominence because I just felt like that's probably the only way you get anywhere in life is promoting yourself and you, you know, it's, it's, an, it's always unhealthy, which is a lie. Um, and so I, I quietly started asking some of our spiritual mentors can you recommend some people who are, who could maybe help me? I don't care if I am a prophet or not a prophet. Can you just help me? What does that even mean? Can you, since, can we have some mentors? And so I got connected with like two or three people from different organizations to like, that I could meet with and call and say like, what does it mean to be a prophet? Like, what does it mean? What is different about that versus like just having the gift of prophecy, you know? Um, so I started like going through that journey in 2017 and felt like the Lord was calling me into some big things. And then in 2018, I got invited to go to School of the Prophets at Bethel, which you don't have to be a prophet to go to School of the Prophets, right? But you can, but it was something like a specific thing where I, I was like, Lord, I feel like I'm, I got this invitation. I feel like I'm supposed to go. Um, and then that week was just like this huge confirmation. And we came back and two days later, like literally got off the flight and then messaged probably like 12 people. Would you like to be part of a prophetic community where like once a month we'll get together, talk about what it means to grow in the prophetic. What does it mean to be a prophet? Like, let's go really, really deep. And surprisingly, everyone said yes. And that group like went for about two years straight. We called it Prophetic Lancaster because um, it was we were living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, 
And it was just so good. It was like this time to kind of explore and be like the deep things of God and be like things that I didn't grow up. There was nothing like that in my church. There was nothing like, how do you hear the voice of God? How do you grow in it? Um, and then, yeah, things kept growing. And then the next year, which was 2019, um, we, were at our, we were part of a church network called Dove, uh, which is a couple thousand churches around like 30 nations or so, um, but mostly in the States on the East Coast. Uh, we were at their, their conference, and uh, there was a prophet there named Sean Bowles who got up, and he wasn't really doing prophetic ministry, but he was like, I do have one thing. If there's like a Josh with a September 19th birthday, and I stood there, really, I didn't, actually, I didn't stand up. I just sat there. And Trista's like, that's you, you know? Like, and then um, uh, and then I stood up, and he's like, hey, Josh, what do you do? And I, I turned around and said, Trista, what do I do? Like, this is like, this is all, and I think that this is on, there's a video of this, you know? It's me being like, even afterwards, my friends were like, why were you being so stupid? Like, I, got, I was like, I was like, I didn't, and I had had dreams the whole night before that he was going to prophesy over me. So I was like, I anticipated it coming and then was like, I don't know what to do right now. And I said, I help at a church. And our friends were like, you're the lead pastor of a church. Why'd you say you help at a church? Anyway, and I was, I just like, was like, I don't know what to do. Um, so he, but he started by saying, um, you're running out of grace for the season that you're in. And if you haven't yet, it's about to happen. And I don't really know the best way to describe it, but it was like, I was here, he was there, and then all of a sudden, I was here, and he was there, but my body was still here. And I was having this sidebar, like involuntarily, involuntary sidebar with God, where I said, we're, the church we were pastoring was called UCF. And I said, we're leaving UCF? I don't wanna leave UCF. Who's taking over, these guys? And it was two of our best friends, or three of our best friends. And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, back. And then he gave, I, then I heard the rest of the prophetic word. And um, he said, uh, part of it was like, you're gonna, your next season's gonna be so good. And he said, you're gonna be looking here and here. And then this golden opportunity is gonna fall. And you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. We have to do this. And we we're like, wow. And so we finished. And I told the people, what, our, told our friends what had happened. They were sitting next to us. I was like, I'm pretty sure we're leaving the church. I don't want to. And they're like, no, no way. Like, well, one of them, two of them said that. The other one was like, yeah, I thought, I thought that's. Uh, I want to give credit to Janelle, who heard clearly. Uh, and it began this thing. So then we spent a year handing, like preparing the church for us not being there. Because um, we loved that church. And there was a lot of tears and the idea of leaving um, and that was 2019. And then at the end of 2019, the church network we were a part of um, commissioned me as like in their organization as like a fivefold prophet to help train prophets, to help train people in the gifts, to speak into the movement as a whole. And I was like, well, this is great. Like, what a fulfilling moment because it's something that I thought God had been saying for a long time. Um, and then I feel like that's like the, the part that's like this. I feel like that was like part of a pinnacle. Uh, but then like, you know, maybe in the middle of 2020, that's when we left the church, handed it over to the three people that were sitting beside us. They, were, they became the, the new lead elders and the, the pastor and the, 
and we had no idea what we were doing. Um, we had spent that entire year asking God, please show us what we're doing next, and he didn't. I mean, we probably asked, I feel like five times a day, being like, if you just wanna show me anything you say, we'll do. Just show us and we'll do it. We compiled every prophetic word we received over the last 10 years. Like any word that we received, we typed it out. We spent eight hours straight going through them like categorically, like being like, here's some of the themes we're seeing, like maybe we'll discover our next steps. Um, and he didn't, he didn't tell us anything. And so then we were just waiting with no income, no savings. And, um, and then a friend introduced me to Paul and uh, we hit it off. And we're like, maybe we'll do something together someday. And Paul invited me to speak at a conference that he was hosting. And um, that was like super exciting. It was the first thing I'd been excited about in a long time. And then I got a call, like that conference was coming up soon, nothing else on our calendar. I get a call from a pretty well-known prophet on the East Coast who was just like, I was working and I had to call you and tell you that um, there's something right in front of you. You need to walk into it with confidence and I'm supposed to tell you, it's your time. And I was like, that's so exciting. So I spent time praying into it, and then two days later, the conference got canceled. <laughs> um, the conference got canceled. Uh, we heard the Lord say that we're gonna be moving to Ohio the same weekend that you and Ruth were moving to New Mexico, and I was like, well, okay. And uh, the Lord just kept giving us big words. Like I'd have dreams where he's like, it's time to talk about you blowing up. It's time, we like, we need to talk about this. And then we spent two years in absolute obscurity. Um, in 2000, at the end of 2020, which was only a year after I got commissioned, the Lord was like, yeah, and I want you to lay that down. And so then we had to be like, well, I really appreciate your faith in me, but uh, we, have to, we have to lay this down too. Um, and that was not easy. Um, and then we moved and we just spent most every day for two years, really, at home with our kids, sewing into them, like we're talking about sewing into them, being like, it's not, it wasn't really glorious. Like I was like, as the biggest, like the, as big as the words were that we were getting, just sitting alone with your like kids all day, every day. I mean, sometimes we'd see family, we'd go to church, but it just felt like the exact opposite of everything. And there are just so many times, the reason I'm saying this is there are so many times along the way where I think you just like, let me say this, if, if the Lord's speaking and all of it just sits great with you and the Lord never, like, if, let me say that a different way actually. If the Lord is only speaking things that agree with you, then there's a good chance uh, that you've made him into your image a little bit. Uh, either that or you've been fully made into his image, like in his glory, which I think just seems less likely, right? So there, but, if, but I do think there are a fair amount of people who you're like, yeah, he's speaking all the time, and I'm always just like, yeah, Lord, I love it. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like that's because I think you're speaking for him a lot of times. It's not really what it says, because if he's speaking in Scripture all the time, and there's a pretty common pattern, like he tells Peter, it was a lot of times with Peter. He'd say, he'd say, I have to die. And Peter said, no way. And then he said, let me, I need to wash your guys' feet. And Peter's like, no way. And then he says, Peter, get up, arise, kill. Like that sheet comes down from heaven when Peter's in a trance. And he says, Peter, get up, kill, and eat this. And Peter said, I would never do that. And then like, uh, but, to, but Peter does then. Like he 
that time he gets it and he like, he does do it. And when he, he says, Jesus, then wash all of me, right? Like, um, and he does. And then he takes it as a sign to be like, oh, the gospel's for the Gentiles too. Just that there are a lot of times when God's gonna tell you something that you don't wanna hear. And what, what my encouragement is, is to obey anyway and to yield to it. Because that's when transformations come. That's when transformation comes is when you hear something and you do it and you learn to, to rejoice in it. So like when, when Isaiah says that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways, that you understand that that means they're better. They're better than your thoughts. His ways are better than your ways and you actually yield to them. And I'm guessing we're in the same boat where you've heard him sometimes and sometimes you're like super excited to jump onto it. And sometimes you're not. Like, there's been times where God's been like, I want to promote you. And I've been like, I don't want that because I don't, I don't want what comes with it. And there's times where he's like, I want you to sit in obscurity. And I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> I want, like, I just don't want that. Or he'd be like, uh, you know the person that, like, you really don't like? I love them. And I'd like you to, like, spend time praying for them. I'd like to give you a prophetic word for them. I'd like to use you to go and encourage them. And you're like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, do you know the people you don't like spending time with? I love them, and I'd love for them to be built up. Um, I mean, I guess that's just a little bit of our story, right? It's like, so we just sat there until the Lord opened this up. But, oh yeah, you can clap for that. That's good. Um, I think it would be false humility to pretend like we didn't submit and he didn't reward that. Um, yeah, like pretty much every day we're here, I'm like, truly, like, God, thank you so much. <laughs> like, this is, and it's just unfolding. I'm like, thank you so much. But Jesus had already set that example. Jesus comes to earth, and he is born in a manger, and then I don't know what it would be like to be 12 years old. I don't know if he knew already that he was the Messiah. I mean, but to be 12 years old and to be impressing people with your teaching in the temple where people are like amazed and he's already saying, I have to be, you know, I'm in my father's house. And then to wait another 18 years. I it's just like, I had trouble with two years, right? I had trouble waiting two years and I was like, to, to be the, the Messiah and to still somehow take another 18 years to grow in favor with God and man. And then to go and get baptized. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus was perfect and didn't need that for the forgiveness. He didn't need the forgiveness from the Father, but he did it anyway. And then he gets this anointing and the, dove, the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove on him and takes him straight into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting and temptation, right? So this is Jesus who's like finally entering his moment and then he spends 40 days in wilderness and temptation and fasting. I think... Maybe you're better than me, which is probably true. But like, if the Lord's like, Josh, I'd like you to fast for two days. <laughs> I, have, I, I have never wanted to fast. And I've never enjoyed a fast. I've, I've never wanted to. I've never enjoyed it, um, which is usually a good sign that you need to. Um, but there's just, or the Lord might be like, hey, I'd like you to get up and spend, I'd like you to get up an hour early and spend time with me so we have time together. And you're like, don't want to do that. Like, I just, there are things that I think come easier. Um, anyway, I'm saying this because Jesus set that example, and then when it's his time, and he, his, his mom's like, hey, could you make some wine? And he's like, it's not my time yet. And then he has the humility, 
he hears God and it is his time and he starts his, starts his first miracle, starts his ministry. And then like Trista said earlier in communion, it was like, and then he gave in the garden. He's like, I don't want this, but there's no other way. And so he submits. And he got to the point, right, where, and you know this, like I feel like it's especially common in charismatic circles to really highlight when Jesus says, um, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Or like Moses in the Old Testament, which I think, do we have that verse? Exodus 33, 12. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Um, oh, it's 13, 13. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. It's just this idea that it's like, God, all I wanna do is the things that you wanna do. And if there's part of me that doesn't wanna do the things you wanna do, then please change that. And I think that's why even like with David, God could say he was a man after his own heart, even though he had obvious flaws, was because David just wanted to glorify God. He just wanted to, he just wanted to do the things that God wanted him to do. Um, and I'm, I'm sharing all this because uh, like a month ago, I got up and shared a word about, um, it was wake up, waker, wake up. And it was this word about how the Lord was saying, I really wanna show you the things that I wanna do next. Do you wanna see them? But I only wanna show you if you're gonna go there with me. I don't wanna show you just for you to go, oh, so cool to know what's going on in the kingdom. He's like, I want you to go there with me. And we, we've been talking about like, when do we have time as a body for a corporate response? And so that's what we're gonna do now. That's how we're gonna close this service um, is by rereading that word um, which I think you guys have, you can bring it up. We're gonna reread that word and then we're gonna leave time for us as a body to respond to it. But, and so it's a simple encouragement just to say, hear him, value what he says, and obey him. Who's, what's, where's that coming from? It's okay. All right, uh, don't, don't look over there. Uh, <laughs> nobody look over there. Okay. Uh, Jesus, we recognize that there are times where you, well, we recognize that you speak to us today. I'm sorry, I'm actually gonna tell you this thing that I feel like he just put in my heart to say as soon as I started praying, which was, it was so normal for me to hear God's voice like all the time and just like write, like it would be like day after day, like writing pages of what he said. I'd be watching a movie and he'd be like, hey, when you get done watching this movie, I wanna tell you something. And I'd be like, okay. And then I would just write it all out. And when he, when he told us that we were leaving that church and we did, I think even our, I don't post almost ever on Instagram, but it was like our last post. And we were like, we can go, we can get through anything. We don't know what's next, but we can get through anything as long as his presence goes with us. And then... I think I, just, I didn't realize I meant manifest presence because then his like speaking the way he had been speaking just dried up completely. And his like physical, like I remember, and I got real upset. I got, like two weeks later, I was not in a good spot where I was like, I said, if you went with me, like I said, I could, and I was like really upset because I was like, I could do this if you're, 
But then he stopped speaking the way he had been speaking. And I was like, well, I, this, we're only in obedience. Like, what, what happened is I, there's no, it wasn't because of sin. And then over the course of that, like, year or two, there was just so much, so many times where I'd be like, Lord, I want a word. Just, like, tell me. And then I feel like every time he'd be like, yeah, right there. Like, he'd just pointing to my Bible. Like, I feel like he would just keep pointing to it and being like, you want a word, like, you want a word, like, you want to know what to do, you want to know me, you're like, I'd love to know you. And he's like, what you mean is, you would love for my manifest presence to show up, and like, you just be like, whoa. It's like, he's like, but this, this thing that is like, it is hard, to, you know, there's a lot there. He's like, you could just know me. You could get into this every day and keep like exhausting the depths of me. Like, you'll never get through it. You'll never exhaust the depths of me. And he's like, if you want to know me, it's right there. And he was pointing out, I think this like, which I think maybe is more common in our circle where you're like, I just want like you to show up in the room. I, but it's less about like really just getting to know you. Does that, does that make sense? Okay. Because I feel like there are times where you're like, yeah, if he would just speak to me. And it's like, yeah, if you would just read the word, you'd know that there's some things that he needed to iron out, right? Or something. And again, it's not always bad. It might be like great things that he's calling you into, and you're like, I didn't know. I remember the first day in my life that I woke up, I woke up, this is probably like five years ago, I woke up and heard in my head the phrase, friendship with God. And I thought, you can't do that. That was my first thought. I was like, you can't be friends with God. Maybe that was 10 years ago. And, I, and, it was, and he was calling me into something that I didn't even know was there. So now I want to pray. Now I want to read this word and give us um, time as a body to respond. Do we have it? Do we send it? Send it. There we go. Will you guys stand up with me? In song and worship, we, we, we read this like a month ago. In song and worship, I heard the Lord say, wake up, waker, wake up. I have something to show you. He was calling the waker to wake up, the one who would be waking the others soon after. I have new things to show you, things I've been doing behind the scenes while you were asleep, new and improved things. But I have to warn you, what I'm going to show you, I can't unshow you. And I really only want to show you if you'll go there with me. I'm not too interested in showing you just so you can be the first to know or tell others what you know. I really want you to go there with me. Are you willing? I'm not going to tell you what it'll cost or require of you. And I really don't want to try and convince you. I just want to know, would you like to see? Would you like to see the things I've been holding dear in my heart? The things I've waited to show you until now? It's really rather simple. Give me your yes and I will show you clearly. I will make it plain and straightforward to you. I will remove the stop gaps in your hearing. So again, I say, wake up, waker, wake up. Would you like to see what I would like to show you? I eagerly await your answer. We're gonna spend the next 10 minutes with the option to respond. You don't have to come forward. This isn't like a come forward and raise your hand thing. This is, we're just gonna leave room now as a body to respond. So I'll guide us in some prayer, but Jesus, I thank you that you really get excited about speaking to your children. God, I pray that when you speak and we don't obey or we cover our ears, that you don't give up on us. 
God, I pray that if we've hardened our hearts, if we've hardened our hearts, that we still have the same opportunity today to repent and say, yeah, God, I want to know. God, I want to know what you want to show me. So God, we're just, we're going to sit here or stand here. If you feel like sitting, kneeling, you can do whatever you want. Um, I would even encourage you just to like, I don't know, write it out or sit with him. But if he shows you something, if he shows you something to like, if it's now or later, just to write it down. But Jesus, we stand here and we say, yes. Jesus, we love you so much and we want to see what you want to show us. God, show us the things that have been on your heart. Show us the things that you've been doing in the background and been so excited to reveal to us. God, I'm saying that we want to go there with you. And so you have our yes. God, that we're going to, I think, just be very careful to guard the things that are precious to your heart. So there's really nothing left for me to do at this point besides leave the space for us to receive. So if you don't know what to do, just ask the Lord, what is it you want to show me? say this one last thing again that you have we're gonna I mean when I say we're taking 10 minutes I mean literally 10 minutes so you can stand you can sit you can kneel yeah and I just want to say I think that the word that Josh gave and the word that Hugh gave they kind of go hand in hand I feel like that God is wanting to stir up courage for the word that he's delivering to you and um, and I know he said you don't have to respond but I just want to do kind of welcome you if you just want to come and kneel at the altar here because I just want to be able to pray for you and just and as a congregation for whatever word he has for this house for whatever word he has for you and your family like the Westings you know as a sign man they got a word from God and it resonated so much and they're being obedient and how scary is that there's scary words that are being spoken sometimes where it's like God I don't even know where to start but that's okay. All he's asking for is our yes. So, God, just have your way in this room. Whatever you want to do, Lord. Lord, those who come forward because they just know there's a heavy, there's a, they, they even feel the word that you're about to deliver. They don't even know what it is, but they just, they know something's, God, give us the strength to carry it. Give us the courage to follow it. And God, we give it all to you. We give it all to you. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to go around. I want to invite the pastoral team, me and Josh and Hugh and some of the elders. Go around and pray. But feel free if, if you're like, I'm ready for going home and eating my lunch, then we bless you. We love you guys. Thank you so much for coming this week. Um, make sure you pick up your children before you go home. It's a good idea. But other than that, we're going to stay here and just wait a while. Feel free to connect with one another. Um, if it gets loud, go to the lobby. But anyway, we love you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. We'll see you next week.